Hello and welcome to Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. My name is Ben Townsend from bentownsendmusic.net and I'm joined as always by... Sam Townsend from samtownsendmusic.sv samtownsendmusic.sv I'm going to go straight in there with Slovakia. No. Right. Um, ooh, give us a clue. Well, come on, you've only guessed one country. SV. SV. Slovakia. Slovenia. Slovenia, no. Slovakia? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, SV. Think of a country that has got the letters SV within... I am trying. I am trying. No, but, no, but I can see why you went for those other countries. But oh, Czechoslovakia. They, Czechoslovakia. They, they make a lot more sense than the actual country. No. Oh, uh, you're going to have to give me a clue. What letter does the country start with? E. E. Oh. Think Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Oh, God, he did that film. It starts with E and is the name of that country. He did. And it's got V and S and V in it. Yes. Oh, God, give me a... But it begins sec- with E. It begins yeah, with E and it's What's the second words? letter? L. I, I give up. Well, you, you now know that it's two words and the first two letters are E-L. Oh, El Salvador. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me that the first... You didn't say the first two letters were E-L. The first letter was complete. Yeah, Dick, <laughs> you said what's the first letter? Yes, e. you did, yes. Yes, you didn't make it clear that you completed the first word. No. Now, just uh, I uh, listened to the Ellis James and John Robbins podcast, or the, their radio show on Radio 5. Yes. They play a made-up game every week Excellent. where a listener sends in a game. And this week, or yesterday, on Friday... It was guess, um, guess the countries from their website domains. Ah, well, you see, we've been doing that for a long time. Well, I thought I know a couple of boys have been at this for years, literally years, really... 50 episodes. Really driving it into the ground. Well, what I was thinking was, um, this is episode 49, so I thought I'd do this one and one more and then maybe retire that game after 50 episodes. OK, I mean, you might find this is episode 48. Well, that's fine. But I thought I could retire the game after the 50th episode. If, what? unless there's an outcry. <laughs> no, and I, then, I, I don't think there will be. Well, well I, I, would, I would consider an outcry to be two or more people contacting us to say they want the game to continue. Fine. So unless that happens, we're going to have a, a, a blowout on the 50th episode. Yeah, which is either next week or the week after. Or the week after. Well, and by, and by week, you mean fortnight, so... Well, of course, yeah. Uh, can you just do some quick golden content when I have a mouth for my bear? Yes, we are going to be talking today about uh, psychedelic sex funk live from heaven, the Mother's Milk live era, the Mother's Milk era live recording. Live-ish. Uh, live-ish. I mean, we'll get into all this, um, but it's from the Mother's Milk era. It's, you know, it is what it is, but we'll go further into it as and when. We'll get there. First of all, I do want to give a shout-out uh, to Oliver Price, Ollie Price, who uh, emailed in. We picked it up yesterday. Uh, a, a genuinely, genuinely lovely email, an application for ambassadorship. Yeah, accepted. Accepted, yeah, and, and uh, not yet processed, but I shall process it. Uh, just a lovely email and a reminder. It's easy for us to, to forget that we're actually talking to people and that people are listening to this. And he talked about in his email a number of things, uh, and but one of them was how it's brought him and his brother closer together. 
And we certainly feel very strongly about that because there's no doubt doing this podcast has, has brought us slightly closer together, I'd say. At times. It hasn't got worse. Slightly further oh, apart. Like that big argument on that one episode. That's true. Well, can I just say that you cannot put an Ollie Price on that kind of email? You really can't. And that is absolutely golden content. That's golden content. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you very much for listening, because I, I think that's it, isn't it? It won't get any better than that. Well, not from my end, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to have to come up with a really good price pun to, to top you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Ollie. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, as Sam said, we are going to be talking about Psychedelic Sex Funk, Live from Heaven, the live-ish document uh, that documents the... Uh, the tour that had many, many names. Um, apparently, it was AKA. The tour was also known as the Suckle Up to the Breast of Mother Earth Tour. You'll recognise this one a bit more. The Positive Mental Octopus Tour. Mm-hmm. The Lazy Cowgirls Tour. And the Great Expectations Tour. These are facts that I've gleaned from the internet. And by mm. the internet, I mean Wikipedia. So who knows if they're true? Because I've gleaned some other facts from Wikipedia, which appear to be what, demonstrably in the past or about this about this, which appear to be demonstrably wrong. And this is a funny, funny thing to talk about because it's very confusing when you start looking at it in any depth. It's, uh, I'm going to say this, Sam, and I'm sure you'll agree. It's a curate's egg. Uh, I'll say nothing, nothing else other than I agree. Mm. Well, well, fantastic. Imagine if uh, I was stitching you up and that would be really yeah, offensive. I, I hope I haven't just uh, <laughs> compromised my reputation. <laughs> a curate's egg is something that, can be, that is regarded as both bad and good. Well, in that case, I don't think this is a curate's egg. So you don't I think, think it's, it's just it's... an egg? Oh, funny, because I thought it was just a curate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we're looking at here is, and we are watching the Fernando Dos Santos version on YouTube, because neither of us have a VHS player, but Sam, and this has never been released on DVD, but Sam, you did own Psychedelic Sex Funk on VHS. At one I point. have a long-standing relationship with this particular document, and uh, yes, I owned it on VHS. I, don't know, I no longer own it, sadly. Um, but when I first got into the Chili's back in the mid-90s, I went out and bought this, Funky Monks, What Hits, you know, anything I could get from Woolies. And uh, this was this was one of them, uh, and uh, yeah, so I've owned it and watched it many times. Just crossing myself there. I've owned it once, but I've watched this. it many times. The Chili's were getting bigger. Oh yes, biggest tour to date, biggest album to date, certainly. And they were performing in in bigger places, doing arenas. This was filmed shortly before the end of the North American leg of that yeah. tour in Long Beach Arena, filmed on December the 30th, 1989, released in 1990. Fair play, it, makes sense. It does, just gives them a little bit of time so they don't have to get it out literally the next day. It's the, it's the following year. Yeah, and they filmed it the day before the day of the yeah, ending. the day before that year started. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let them so, off. Hmm. Oh, that was a bit lax. Why didn't they get it out in eighty nine? So we're looking at a lot of songs from Mother's Milk, and we haven't talked about the album Mother's Milk, so we're not going to go into great depth on the content of the songs per se. We'll try not to. No, we're going to talk about the songs as they're seen here, Mm. and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the fact that the Swans using a walking stick as a golf club and that that kind of thing. (sighs) Absolutely. So we've got um, Stone Cold Bush, Good Time Boys, Sexy Mexican Maid, Magic Johnson, Pretty Little Ditty, Knock Me Down, Subway to Venus off Mother's Milk, and uh, we've got... um, 
Partial New Pussy from Uplift is listed yes. as special secret song inside, of course. Of course it is. And never mind our Freaky Styly. So heavy, heavy on the milk and uh, light on the light Uplift. dusting the of freaky. other areas. Exactly. A, a chocolate dusting in a, in a Red Hot Chili Peppers heart shape on a cappuccino. What I would say, uh, just to gloss over your last analogy, mm. is that if you are going to use... If you are going to combine walking sticks and golf clubs, I think you're better off doing it the other way around. So you mean using a golf club upside down as a walking stick? Yes. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you, because that means that if you do hit the course... It's a lot easier to use a golf club as a walking stick and play golf with a golf club than it is to use a walking stick to play golf. And this is the truth, Sam. Whilst playing golf in the past, Mm. I have used a a, a, a golf stick... Oh, I say golf stick, it's a walking stick. As. No, it's a golf club. <laughs> as a walking as, stick. As a walking stick, yeah. I, I can recommend the but picture. It shares, it shares many of the qualities of a walking stick. The, the shaft. Yeah, the, the, the overall shape. Hmm. The handle, or the, or the club head. Yeah, if you will. And I will. Now, on this tour, we had Keith Tree Barry. And it's interesting yeah. how, how much of a showcase he gets and how much he's included. Because he's almost treated as part of the band on the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm. His name well, comes up. I think it's quite right. He's got a long-standing relationship with the band, and they've, they've, you know, they've let him in to a certain extent. Very, very long-standing. Played on previous on a previous album. Um, I think he played viola and arranged horns on the on the first album. Again, that's just taken off the internet. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I say that I'm not going to sound uh, musical horns. Oh, yes, yes. Not just a collection of horns. He no. really just wasn't in charge of arranging the band's horn collection. No, he wasn't playing a conch shell. A uh, bit of tennis axe on Mother's Mill, because we know. Now, on the internet, and this is why you've got, to watch, you've got to watch yourself, he is listed, it says that he played sax on the I'm With You World Tour on the 21st of November 2011 and played on Did I Let You Know. This was his first appearance live with the band in 21 years. I consulted that fantastic resource, RHCP Live Archive. Mm. And it turns out that, that he, it looks like he didn't do that. So take yeah. everything that the internet says, including us with a pinch of salt. Well, sound. yeah, but not RHCP Live Archives. That's oh, no, that's so why I'm, go- I'm going with RHCP li- Live exactly. Archives. Yeah, 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 don't take, um, take RHCP take Live Archives. No, take that salt free. And, yeah. RH- and uh, RHCP Sessions, of course, salt free. Yeah, sounds salt. Yes, sans salt. They, they drop knowledge bombs. Well, they do. Hmm. During this tour, they also had backing singers. Uh, they had uh, Christian Vigard. Christian? Kristen. Christian Vigard, um, who was a musician, actress, did lots and lots of stuff, did backing Vox on Mother's Milk, on Good Time Boys High Ground, Johnny Kick Hold in the Sky. Also did the backing on Falling Into Grace from... Uh, one hot minute. Mm, so and she you, had a bit of time with the band, shall we say? If yes, uh, and involvement over a number of years. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we also had Vicky Calhoun, Calhoun, um, doing the backing singing on this tour. Also appeared on the album on Good Time Boys, Higher Ground, Knock Me Down, Johnny Kick a Hole in the Sky, and is also the lady that you see at the end of the Good t- of the Knock Me Down video. Um, doing the backing vocals in the It's So Lonely section. Sure, sure. Any, any future involvement with the band? 
Not that I could pick up on the internet. Binder off. Or out of my brain. Apparently, at times, we're going to get in a little bit more detail about this later on. Rob, Rob, Rob Allen, a.k.a. Rob Run, a.k.a. Spider, during the UK section, I believe, opened with a comedy act and possibly opened, you know, throughout the tour mm-hmm. on other bits of the tour. He did a comedy act where he pretended to cut off his own penis. Christ, you know when that's going wrong. You certainly don't. Apparently just reversed the knife, so he used the blunt edge, but always a risky, risky manoeuvre. Yeah, but then how did he, like, did he wait, hold it in his hand and wave it around? Presumably it was uh, some sort of sausage or frankfurter. Or he did less. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, but on, on this section, Sam... <laughs> yes. I say, I say this section, on this video, you're not gonna, you do not see Christian Vigard and Vicky Cal- Calhoun... There, they're not on stage. I don't think they're doing backing vocals for Psychedelic Sex Funk Live from Heaven on that particular date, on that particular stage, on that particular chessboard. We are going to talk about who is doing backing vocals, because certainly Keith, we'll just call him Tree from now on, certainly Tree is doing backing vocals. Yeah. And you will notice that he's doing uh, battles, backing vocals with another gentleman. And we will later on get into just who that gentleman might be. We certainly will, and it's going to be—it's going to be exciting for everyone, I think. I mean, let's face it; it's going to be Rob Allen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it—it it could be Rob Allen. It, it could, could be. It, it could be, for example, just plucking a name out of nowhere. Could be John Goodman. Absolutely less likely because he wasn't part of the road crew with the Chilies at the time. Yeah. But it could have been. But at this point, we can't completely rule him out. No, I think when we watch the video back uh, for the purposes of this episode. It doesn't look like John Goodman. No, I'm just trying to keep up that level of suspense. Well, shall we... Oh, a couple of, a couple of other bits. Directed by Doug Friel, who did music videos, documentaries, all sorts of bits and pieces. Not listed on the IMDb as the uh, director of Psychedelic Sex Funk, but he is listed no. in the credits. Uh, he did videos with Def Leppard, Metallica, Faith No More, Roxette. He even did... The video for Black Velvet by Alana Miles, which, as you know, is one of my favourite sultry songs. It's, it's, it is. It's not only, it's, it's one of your favourites, and it's very sultry. It's mega sultry and sweaty, isn't it? So he was a man of that particular era. Now, we're also going to talk about the fact that some of the... This has got a reputation of having some of the songs just... Uh, not being the live versions, but being the album versions. Mm. Okay? We're going to address that, because... In the credits, it's noted that Subway to Venus is mixed by Paul Lan. Knock Me Down is remixed by Chris Lord Algier, if I've written that down right. And there's additional remixes by Peter Baird. So we're going to talk about that when we get to, get to those songs, because they're, they're not just the album versions. No. And no, we are so. also going to... We all, they are the album versions... Remixed. We're also going to talk about why they took the decision, why Doug Friel, or whoever was in charge of that decision, took the decision to not have the live performances, but to instead have the Chilies doing bits and pieces and sticking over an album track version of it. I mean, we, now, of course, we can only speculate as to why that might be. I've got a theory, brother. Hey, oh, you've got a fully developed theory? Yes. Okay, I'll try and develop a theory now. Okay, okay, we'll just have a period of silence while Sam develops his theory. 
I know, it's fine. I can talk about stuff and d- work on theories. At really? The That's very impressive. Skills. That's very impressive. Yeah. The next night, I think the Chili's open for the B-52s. So, uh, you know, busy boys. Busy, busy boys. Well, as you say, they were, getting, they were becoming more successful at this time. And um, they were in demand. Or demand. Yeah, demand. Mm, demand, yeah. Okay, so let's crack on, shall we? The first tune Let's... that we're going on to is Stone Cold Bush. Coming out of Stone Cold Bush there, and I have to say, that is a fantastic opening to this particular document that is documenting that particular show. What do you think of it? It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's high energy. It's, I mean, we don't want to say too much about the song itself, but it's a great song. And, uh, you know, it's just great to see the boys at that time. They're young, they're fit, they're physical performers. Oh, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think where this picks up a bit of a bad reputation sometimes is the fact that a lot of even the live, because this is a live performance of Stone Cold Bush, but a lot of the, even the live tracks that are done is intercut with stuff that is pre-recorded. Uh, you know, everyone's dressed differently. It might be a sound check. Mm. Uh, you know, the bits where the swans basically wearing those dungaree type things. Yeah. And Flea's wearing a crown sometimes. And so it doesn't... I don't know why the decision was made by uh, Dougie Friel to, to intercut that kind of rehearsal footage, if you like, with the live performance. Because when it's the live performance stuff, mm. it's absolutely great. You're right, the energy is off the charts. I think it's, it, was, it was something of a thing to do at the time, wasn't it? it um, is it in Guns N' Roses video, Paradise City, where they cut between live uh, and, and sound yeah. check? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, you're right. So maybe it was just, you know, a thing, a bit of a, bit of a craze at the time. There's no, just no need for it. You know, this is supposed to be something that the fans can go out, buy... And enjoy watching the you know a live performance by a, a band that they love. So just put put out a proper you know a proper package of yeah, live performances. That ties together with what Pete Moore put down on on Twitter today in response to to me saying what's your thoughts on psychedelic sex funk. He yeah. he um, did a great long thread and he's done a previous one uh, about one hot minute and his relationship with that album. He's he's a great writer i really enjoy it he's a great writer really enjoy it when he gets into into that kind of depth about stuff because he's a bit like us he'll go off on tangents and and that kind of thing but Mm. he it it's he's not keen on psychedelic sex funk because of the fact that some of it's done you know over the 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 recorded tracks and this doesn't help either just pete wanted to see the chilies live doing the live stuff from that great album and um yeah, and that's not what you get. You do have to put up with a lot of... And it makes it confusing. It just makes it confusing. It's, 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 a, you know, it's a difficult p- product to, to fall in love with. There's no doubt about that. However, I like this backstage stuff. I, I think that's good. 
Oh, the backstage stuff is great, yeah. John doing yeah, his crab. You haven't got a problem with that? No, not at all. It's the intercutting of the, let's call it soundcheck stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're cutting that into the live performances. So, yeah. like, for example, in, in, in Stone Cold Bush, you're, you watch, instead of just watching the live performance, it's intercut with earlier stuff where the swans rogering John with a walking stick. And yes. it, make, it makes me wonder, is that entirely, oh, well, entirely necessary on two fronts? A, from a, uh, from a choice as a director, from that point of view, do you need to include pre-recorded stuff like that? And B, just from you know, a, a point of view as a human being, do you need to roger your guitarist with a walking stick? Well, I don't think you do. And I think it's possibly that kind of thing that, that it, you know, we later came to find out John didn't necessarily enjoy. Being rogered with a walking stick. Yeah. In, it, is, it is interesting to see that the, the Swan already had a relationship with a walking stick at this point, because it could well be the same stick that we then saw later on in Funky Monks. That is incisive analysis, because... I did not put two and two together there. I will say this. I enjoy a walking stick myself. I think I've said it before on the podcast. I like standing, I like leaning to the side and, you know, where you put your weight on the stick with your legs crossed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I well, I think I'm, it's John, isn't it? John, John is seen at length with a walking stick when they're talking about um, some very unsavoury... Factors. Uh, porn, porno stuff in funky monks right yeah i think maybe we gloss over that as well oh well we yeah we, i mean we've covered it but yeah so it could my point being here that it could be the same stick yeah let us know right in I mean, there, right there, in there John. almost certainly was more than one walking stick in in america at that time in the world at that time yeah i like the beginning here i like to start this this song great bass work at the start they, they kick into the main riff yeah, really, kicks in wonderfully well. Yeah, really high octane. And you see a lot of big handwork from the Swan already. Big angular handwork. Yeah, I mean, nobody creates angles with their hands, often often horizontal to the floor, like the Swan. Well, no, that's right. But particularly at this time, he was still very much, uh, you know, uh, in that sort of mode where he was very army and handy. He still really? is, yeah. but nowhere near as much as he was here. Well, at 2.28, uh, and yes, did we say we're watching the... Uh, did we say mm. what version we're watching? We're watching the Fernando Dos Santos version, so... We did say if, that. If you've got the VHS, the timings might be slightly off, and, and good luck anyway with the time codes on your VHS. Um, at 2.28 on this, on this video, the Swan and Flea, just as a little bit where they both do great mm. handwork... It's one of my favourite yeah, early yeah. chilies thing was, to see. Um, early-ish, early-ish chilly thing to see. It's it's tiring watching it. Mm, I'm shattered. Let alone you know performing it. Let's, what I did love and was most impressive was the way that the Swan can play Flea's bass while he's wearing it. Superb stuff from from they and yet they haven't done that in you know on future tours. No, it's because when performing live, well, live it's very very difficult to cut stuff into the live performance from an earlier recording. From, from an earlier recording, yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. You could, though, couldn't you? You could, um, you know, say, we're gonna do, I'm going to do this at a particular time, so have them play a pre-recorded track of Flea playing it live and then get the sponsor to come in and do his thing. 
No, it wouldn't be too difficult for I the mean, swan. I mean, it would be to... completely, completely pointless. But well, no, because the swan could learn how to play a bit of the bass line and just he stand could. behind Flea and fret the notes, and Flea could do the do the fingering of the strings. Based on what we know of the swan, I think it would probably be easier just to get Flea to pre-record it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, he's not the world's greatest bass player. He, well, he doesn't seem to have a great deal of interest in in becoming a virtuoso bass player. He's got one already. He already knows one. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't need to. I, mean, that's, I suppose that's why he hasn't bothered learning the bass, the guitar or the drums. Slacker. Now, this whole thing looks great. Uh, you know, obviously it's not going to look HD. It's, this is probably taunt. It is ripped from a, a VHS. But it looks great because it's set up to be recorded for this performance. So you have crane, cameras on cranes sweeping mm. over the stage. You, so Chad can kind of look up at a camera and point a stick at, at it. You've got dolly track along the front, so you can have you can have really, I say, interesting camera moves, but quite kinetic camera moves. She's a lovely girl. Who? Dolly track. Dolly track. She, she's wonderful. Big, and she's she's a real friend of Little Philip Lead work. And uh, oh, she knows all the boys. And little did he know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just to say again, thank you, Tom Pope, for doing the. Uh, the Diddy Let You Know um, t-shirt design. Absolutely yes, fantastic. Yes. But as and when we, we, we wrap up this podcast, we can get one done with all the characters. We can. Well, the latest three. one, of course, being, being Dolly Track. Dolly Track. And <laughs> <laughs> Dolly Track. <laughs> uh, dear, that's great. Um, did you notice on that pre-record, while Swan was playing the bass, Chad gels on back to the... Chad's behind him, running back to the drum riser. Oh, was he? I didn't notice that. Yeah. John's face is great during this, during this song, because he does quite a lot of licking, quite a lot of tongue work. It's quite, yeah. um, quite Heath Ledger Joker-esque, with the old flicking of the well, tongue. Well, yes. He's just fantastic during this period, isn't he, with his, his hair, his, his overall sort of dress sense on stage. You know, he wears pretty strange stuff. Lots of braces on the show oh, during this period. He looks so cool in this... In this uh, yeah. document, so and he's so, I mean, he's always been nimble and and supple, but he's lithe. He's, he's lithe. He's a young man. I mean, he was a young man. He was nineteen years old. Mm, he, he certainly was, and he could. Throw, I used to be able to throw myself into a crab at will. Yeah, I've never been able to. Mm. Well, you've never been quite as, as, as supple or nimble as me, have you? No, bigger boned. Good solo from John. Good solo from John. Yeah. And it, it, I, I've, re, I've, I've listened to Mother's Milk and uh, watched this performance uh, in order to talk about it. And how that, that style of guitar playing then morphed into what you got on Blood Sugar is almost unbelievable. Yeah. Well, except it isn't. Because we know he wasn't, he wasn't overly, overly all happy. Overly all. Over, he wasn't overly all happy. But no, but it's just his style. His style of... He wasn't happy with the mix and what he was being asked to do and thought it sounded too metally. Yeah. But he's, you know, his style playing live at this time. So also watched a, a show yeah. from uh, Kawasaki, I think. You know, you often think, oh, yeah, he's a great funk guitarist. He's just a great guitarist overall. I mean, it's... I mean, yeah. shockingly, we're praising Jean Fouchante on this podcast. But by <laughs> God, that boy could play the guitar. But no, he, he certainly can. And But he... He had a long way to go before he got to Blood Sugar Sex Magic, John, at this point. How, how far? 
I mean, no one knows. All we know for sure that it was it was a long way, but it did happen. Oh yeah, Christ, it happened. So that great start, I think, from the lads there on uh, Stone Cold Bush. Shall yes, we... what I would also just like to say before we wrap this one up is that the swan sounds tremendous. Well, not only does the swan sound tremendous, if you want to get, if you want to take it to a more physical level, he also looks phenomenal. I love what I call the bull swan, where he is. It's combination of bull. It's um, it's a result of a union, twixt bull and swan, and it, uh, was, right. it results in this beast of a man who's so sure. fit, looks so good, and your yes. eyes sounds great on all of the live tracks here. He sounds great. And, you he know, sounds tremendous. As we've said, we often say that we often pick the bones out of the Swans' performances. It's phenomenal here. It is phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, th- thoroughly enjoyed it. A-, a really good start. Great to see Chad having a poo at the start. Um, you know, I think that's that's the kind of backstage access that everybody wants to see. Mm. And you'll never guess what Chad's been eating and drinking the night before. Yeah, well, exactly. Beer, beer and steak. Beer and steak. And that mixture of uh, fermented hops and dead cow ain't going to smell good. Comes out. No, it's not. Well, I don't understand why there's not a door. Is he on a <laughs> toilet? Who knows? Because you never actually see proof he's on a toilet. No, he never, he never, he never, no, you don't see, you don't see the result. What did Flea say he was doing in the previous live thing that we watched a few weeks ago? He was doing a, a tootski. Oh, when he went back and did it. <laughs> what, was he, what did Flea <laughs> say he was doing? I can't remember. But I, I, at that point, speculated that Chad might have been doing a poo. Yes, indeed. He's, well, he's got history. So. Yeah, and anyway, even Haven't if... Haven't we all? I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm happy. <laughs> I'll put my hands up now. I've done a poo. Anyway, we've drifted slightly. Uh, <laughs> shall, we, <laughs> shall we move on to track two, Good Time Boys? Coming out of good time, boys, there. Coming out of good time, boys, there. Let's, I mean, what I'm not going to say is, wow, what a great song, what a statement of intent that was for the album Mother's Milk, uh, and what a wonderful album opener it is. I'm not going to say that. I can't say that. can't possibly even insinuate that, but it is a great song. I couldn't even insinuate it, you're right. Let's just step back, let's go backstage a second. Uh, and then uh, we'll wax lyrical about Good Time Boys. How do you, mm, sure. just, where do you put the emphasis on, on that song? How do you say it? I personally say Good Time Boys. Do you? I say Good Time Boys, I think. Good Time Boys, Good Time Boys. No, I say Good Time Boys. Good Time Boys. Okay, I'm just thinking about, oh yeah, oh yeah what song opens Mother's Milk? Good, good Time Boys, Good Time Boys, Good Time Boys. Well, in yeah, the song, um, the emphasis is on good, good, good time, boys. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much on everything. Um, good time, good, good time, boys. Yeah, I know. I, you I wouldn't do say it like that, would you? No, I, I actually now realise I do say good time, boys. Yes. 
yeah. take the road less travelled on that one. Sure. So the swans behind the scenes with that wonderful kind of tight-necked military look top on. Yes. Did you see that when he was doing some vocal warm-ups? What a top. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. Fact, and it's great to see him doing his vocal warm-ups. Yeah. This was the first time... This was one of the first things I, I ever watched, uh, you know, regarding the chimneys when I bought it. And I used to work at my part-time job, and I used to do the old ba ba bum Where was that part-time job? Was it Rocco's? It was Rocco's Pizza. Rocco's Pizza. Presumably, you were you were elbow deep in tomato sauce, if not deep. I was elbow deep in tomato sauce, and probably as high as a kite. Doing some Swan slash Freddie Mercury style running some octaves. Warm-up exercises. I was constantly warm, and very rarely called into action. <laughs> so those vocal cords were always ready to go. Oh, they were constantly ready to go, but yeah, never, never called upon. All you would have had to have done to be ready for that performance, would you just needed a cloth or some kind of wipe to get that tomato sauce off your off your just arm? Just to make sure. I think that's what put people off inviting me to be their frontman in their band, was that I had an arm covered in tomato sauce. Always completely red. I don't know, if, yeah. if, you, if you knew listeners, Sam was... I think I think actually you were hazed by the by the Rocco staff at the time mm. uh, when they said that the the way to mix the tomato sauce was to do it with your, with your arm. <laughs> well, we've covered this, haven't we? We have, but you know, new listeners, mate, new listeners. Yeah, well, I was a, I was a young man, and and so young and impressionable, and trying to make a good impression in the world, mm. which is why I constantly turned up to work high, <laughs> Plung, plunging your arm into vats of, of tomato sauce. Yeah. Big focus on trainers in this one. In oh, all love of this, a high top. In all of this stuff. They do love a high top. This time it was Trees Nikes, but there's Feeler out there as well. John's Feelers, yeah. And I think Flea's got a pair of Nikes on. I have been, in my head, trying to work this out, thinking, why for some of this has Flea got green hair, but sometimes he looks like he's got dark hair when he wears the crown? Well, sometimes they, they're operating in a black and white world, and sometimes they're operating in the world that we know, the colour world. The colour world, yeah. Well, unless you're in Pleasantville, the film Pleasantville. Yeah, good film. Never seen it. Never seen it. I just happened to know there's a black oh, and white I've element. seen it, yeah. It's a, it's a black and white place and, and a colour place. Um, well, I've that's, realized... that's, a, that, that's a, a fairly in-depth synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. What a full review of Pleasantville that was. Yeah. I've realised that Flea's crown that he wears has a kind of cap over the top of it. So his hair oh, really? is, not, is not showing through. That's why he, you don't see his green hair. Right, right, right. That, honestly, that's befuddled me for quite some time. I, I saw the crown and now I should look out for the top. Yeah, do. So he's wearing a crown cap. That's nice. It's not even a cap. It's, it, well, it's a peakless cap with a, with crown, a, crown, yeah. with a crown around the edge. That's cool. I'd like one of those. I'll, I'll have a look on Amazon for you. Okay, should we get to the tune? I don't want one for my birthday, though. Oh, I've just done myself a quick reminder. I, I, don't, wanna, I don't want to waste that. Not, I don't, you know, if, if you want to buy me one as a gift... Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, what, just an, a, 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 a non-birthday slash Christmas gift? Yeah, I don't, I don't want a crown cap for my, for my birthday. Right, I'll, I'll delete that reminder. Because I had yeah. to get Sam a, 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 a peakless crown cap. I'm not dropping hints about what you should buy me for my 40th. No. Oh, it's the big one as well. My so word, it imagine. would be quite apt, but that can't be the full gift. Why would it be apt? Well, because a crown on a big birthday. 
Ah, the cap, the peak listener. King for the day. Fool for a lifetime, I'm afraid. (laughs) Okay. That's the saying. Okay, what a live version of guitar. It's a a bit of a funny one as well, because there's times when I watch this and I'm hearing guitar sounds that you're not seeing John play with his fingers. So I think that's... I, it's so confusing. I think we'll take it as a live version for, for the purpose yeah. of this discussion, shall we? What I'm, I talking think so. about, I'm talking specifically about in the chorus when, you know, say good guitar boys make you feel good, and the guitar goes wow. That's not quite like mm. that. It's better. Mm. Uh, no, I hope it doesn't sound like that. Wow. But all you can see is <laughs> <laughs> good guitar boys wow. All you can see is John playing the chord, the high chords and not the low. Sounds like a bass string note, you know, and it sounds yeah, yeah. Like, like the noise I made. So something's going on. Who the fuck knows what to be honest? But I love it when the Swan starts it off big. As I said, he's a bull of a Swan. He starts it off yeah. with the big heave ho, and of course on the album, quite why he puts that cap on is anybody's guess. Because the first thing that happens is he does one of his mega head. Um, oh, it's brilliant! Head bangs. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, and he, and you, you get that live feeling because on the album he says he um, hey yeah at that point yeah 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 and here he does the heave ho uh, yeah and again we took, we you know we we rhapsodized about the swan on subway to Venus it was it uh, Stone Cold Bush one that sorry um, mm. said how great he sounded he sounds fantastic here as well this is a it sounds phenomenal John's guitar work sounds great because he's playing that, that nice Les Paul. Got such a cool, cool tone. It's so full on on the verses, John's guitar part. And the, the bass and, and uh, the drums, the, the myth on the drums, mm. sound, that is such a huge drum sound. It's, uh, yeah. It's, I had it really loud and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not able to have it really loud. Ah. For some reason, well, because it, it's um, not—it's not loud off YouTube. I've put it through the nah. TV and then turned the, the internal volume on the headphones up to maximum. Yeah, yeah, but I can—I can make it out, and um, from what I could hear, it sounded great. It did. You can—what well, you can <laughs> just <laughs> make it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the interesting thing about the Swan at this point is that he basically is delivering it as well here as he would have done on the recording. He might do some things a bit different and change things up a bit here and there, but basically his live delivery here is absolutely spot on. Yeah, it's super, isn't it? It's super. So, what time to be alive, eh? And he he knew all the words. What a man. What a man. I think that makes such a difference, doesn't it? Because he's 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 delivering this 100% performance and he's not even thinking about the words. No, no, he's not. And maybe I think he, he nowadays maybe even overthinks about the words because he's he oh knows god, he's yeah, without a doubt, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you um, what you get here that you don't get on the album version necessarily because I think the album has a, a slightly sterile sound, and yeah. just just because of the way it's produced, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah, then Blood Sugar was the complete antithesis of how Mother's Milk sounded because you, you just don't get much more organic than the sound of some of the songs on, on Blood Sugar. But this is the way I want to hear Good Time Boys sound. It's, yeah. uh, it's so... It's vibrant, it's real, it's alive. And it was... Yeah. Right it's, to, it, at times right it's raucous. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how the song should be. It should be a raucous yeah. song. Yeah, Because yeah. it's a raucous song about, about partying and, you know, literally 
being a good time boy or a good time boy or a good time boy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, it is. You can see, you know, performing with that level of energy night after night after night. It's no wonder these boys are fit. Mm. Yeah, and um, believe me, they are fit because there's, <laughs> there's muscles on top of muscles on display here. Oh, there really is. From all of the really lads, even, even the myth is topless. And the only concession he's made to, cover, to, to his hair is wearing the boxer shorts on his head. Wearing a pair of boxers. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, he would have known at this point where his, his future... Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Lay in, well, terms I think... of, in terms of hair, but he still had a decent covering at this point. Didn't, when he was auditioning, didn't the Swan say, you've got to come back and with a shaved head the next day? Yes. And he didn't yeah. do that because he, was, he, was, he thought, well, if I shave it off, will it ever come back, maybe? Yeah, he was aware. He was aware. He was. Oh, he was. He was well aware. He was but yeah, aware. I mean, it is a fantastic song. It is a fantastic album opener, and it it, it rightly has its place f- in the hearts of Red Hot Chili Peppers fans as a tremendous song. And this is a great live performance. It's handled well as as well as a great live performance because on the the recorded version you have that that section with the radio. The radio comes on, if you like. That kind of like you're dialing through. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're scrolling yeah. through radio stations on an old fashioned analog radio. And so you've got, live, you've got to do something. Yeah. You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to tie this on together without that section. And, yeah. and what they choose to do here well, is it's flawless. You, um, you don't even, mm. you know, you kind of don't notice that that section is missing. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and the swans seem to know exactly what was going to happen. So, you know, there's no doubt that at this, at this stage, these boys were on top form, and you know they were rel- still relatively well, very new to each other, you know, as uh, yeah. compared to now and compared to what was to come. Yes, but you see the, um, you know, there was a real friendship between uh, John and and the Swan, which did suffer later on down the track. And as we said, it, it might have been that, that difficult time the, with the, the stick walking moment. stick, yeah, mm-hmm. that prompted that. I think. What we've done here is we've kind of isolated the seed of what was to come. Where that, of what was to follow. Well, interestingly, though, you see John and Chad dancing together. Yeah, playing and Of course, they're the two, the two new boys. So I would imagine, and, and I've got no, no basis for this, but I would imagine that John and Chad share a, a connection on some level in that they basically came in at similar times. I think there will be that connection. Right, this, effectively the same time in terms of you know studio releases and things like that. Yeah, I, I, I agree to a certain extent, but there's such a difference. Well, they were dancing. They were dancing. He's based it on the dancing, and I will agree yeah. with you on, on that front. What, that they were dancing? Yes. There's yeah. also, oh, they definitely um, were. And that, the reason they were dancing is because they share that connection. Very well described. It's a real and evident connection, which I don't have any qualms about. No. I, I mean, I've based it on the dance. Um, so yeah, we can ask John when he comes up. And yeah. Chad, I'm sure, will, will come back to us. I tweeted him last week. He's, he's bound to come back to me soon. Yeah, he so just told him. I did see on... Um, I, I did watch the news before we came on, and it did say uh, Chadwick Gaylord Smith hasn't checked his Twitter for a few days. Breaking news. Smith, so. he operates about 10 days 
Yeah, ten day cycle. It's got ten, there's a ten day lag. Yeah, there is. So any tweet you send Chad, you, the longest you, your wait is ten days. Of course, if you're lucky, to yeah. Send and it, it, after that, is he's not going to reply. No. But so we've still got a chance. Well, he, he's still definitely going to respond. Fantastic. I'll speak to you about this in three more days, and that. I was hoping to have him on this week. Were you? That's um. Uh, mate, I, I've I've got very low expectations. I um I contacted both uh, the the dancer from uh, the, the Zephyr song video, <laughs> Go Go Amy, yes. and Dave Sheridan from the University Speaking by the Way videos. Not a peep. But I feel you know if you're going to get anyone on, surely if you go for the dancer from one of the videos, you've got a fighting chance, haven't you? Well, you'd think so, but equally, they, she may well have completely, 100% moved on from that video and have no interest in talking about it whatsoever. That's what I'm... You, you'd like to I'm think going. that active members of the Red Hot Chili Peppers might still want to talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I don't think they need to. No. Well, they don't. Well, they do. That's very true. They do. They just do it with better, better and more famous podcasts than ours. They, well, they do it with better, better qualified people. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think there's... There are better qualified people than us out there, no doubt. But I think 90% of the people that they speak to are less qualified than us to talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Well, here's, here's just a quick GTP at 8.21 on this particular video. There's some lovely work from John Fashante on that first break before the swan comes in with our devotion to emotion. Lovely, uh, lovely bit of lead guitar. John breaks a string as well, which is another question mark over the veracity of, of what we're seeing here. Uh, you clearly mm. see it at. Um, let me just do a quick time code check. Right, suffice to say, you clearly see it. You clearly see it, yeah. And then no, no, there will be no time code checks. There will be no timestamp checks about the broken string. We'll just have to accept that it happened. So, you either know the timestamp or you don't. Yeah, and I, I wrote it down. And I still don't. But it's there, and he's still. We know he's a great guitarist, and he's more than capable of, of handling that kind of thing. Um, hmm. But oh, gotcha. But it doesn't sound like a, a song played with a broken string. So no, it does. Okay. Make, it does make you question how often. It makes you question what the hell is happening because it's <laughs> makes you question uh, everything. It, yeah, it's like being in the twilight zone watching uh, psychedelic sex live from heaven. Wait, what's he playing there? Is he playing a Les Paul? Yes, he is. I think. It's, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's playing Les Paul. Great knowledge. His, yeah. Well, uh, GTP. Yeah. GTP. Yeah. John's playing a Les Paul uh, throughout this song. Did you pick up on the colour? Uh, yes, I think it's black. Yeah, it is black. Better, even more GTPs. A CTP. Keep, keep, keep them coming, mate. Keep them coming. Cool. How many strings did it have? At the start, six, and then towards the end, five. Lovely work. I mean, this guy, this guy, I've taught you well. Or I've someone's, a lot. someone's taught you well. It was you. Oh, cool. Right, let's get on to the backing singers here, because this has got a big, big yeah. chorus, and it needs to be powerful. There's two backing singers here. Okay. Well, What's can I, sorry, can I you, you say it's a big chorus. Um, again, it goes down that road of sort of tribal. It's delivered in that tribal way, very much in the same way as sort of Taste the Pain-y type, type thing in, in Taste the Pain. Okay, so, yeah, okay. Well, it is ta- like t- it's Taste the pain like in Taste the Pain. It's tribal. It's, yeah. it's, it's sort of, I agree. It's chanting kind of thing, isn't it? Chanty, chanty. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's chanty, chanty. Like a, chanty like in a chant. Yeah. So yeah, you as got, you would might hear in, a, in during a chant. Yeah, or during Taste the Pain. Taste the Pain is another fine example. Well done. You definitely see two backing singers there, don't you? On stage here, you've got 
tree doing the backing vocals. You certainly don't have the female backing singers that we discussed earlier. They are not no. involved in this gig. I think we can definitively say that, can't we? Removed. Well, for whatever reason. But what you do see is Tree and another man doing backing singing throughout this, this gig. We know that uh, Rob Allen, a.k.a. Rob Run, a.k.a. Spider, has he got another name? I'm, I'm blanking at the moment. Rob, Rob Rule. Rob Rule, a.k.a. Rob Rule, did open for them at times on this one and also uh, did the fake penis cutting off, but is also, also listed in the credits of this video as Road Crew. So he was there. Okay? I think it's Rob Rule, a.k.a. Rob Allen, a.k.a. Rob Run, a.k.a. Spider. That's what I'm... I'm convinced of it. I'm nailing my colours to the mast and saying... That, that guy has made a... He's, he's, he's done well for himself over the years. He certainly has. I mean, I, haven't checked, I didn't check his website this time, but last time I, I said he needed to update it, but that was about two years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he may well have updated it numerous times since then. Any other thoughts on his website? I've never seen it. Fair enough. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> great, great version of a great song. Hello, yeah, there brilliant. it is. There it is. Oh. The first input. Get that on silent. The first cooker of the day. You haven't, Sorry. You, you haven't bashed the desk yet, so I'm not entirely no, sure. No, no. Well, I've only had, um, well, I'm on my fourth beer. Yeah. So. But it makes me think you're not agreeing with anything that I say. Oh, uh, no, I am. Cool. Uh, just not ferociously yet, but that will come. Once I finish this beer, I'm going to go down and get the sponsor. Great. Okay, well, that will come. So you go and do that. Go and grab the sponsor. Um, don't forget you said you remind me what kind of bloomer bread you bought for that sandwich you made, made me because it was so nice. Certainly. I'll check that out when I go down. And I'll see you back here for Sexy Mexican Made. Coming out there of sexy Mexican made psychedelic sex funk live from heaven. And uh, before we speak about that, we are going to talk about this week's sponsor. Sam, can you tell me who you were sponsored by this week, please? Well, it is with great pleasure that I announce a new sponsor and an old sponsor, but a new beer. Ooh, go so on. firstly, I have uh, Bloody L, Bloody L from Beavertown Brewery. You love a bit of beaver. It's a blood orange IPA. What does that mean? It's an IPA flavoured with blood orange. Got it. That'd be interesting. I'd so like that's to... that's going to be delicious. Yeah, delicious. And and uh, very pleased to announce a new partnership with Little Creatures Pale Ale. Wow, you are so eclectic. Yeah, this is a a pale ale, five point two, and there's very little detail. Uh, on the can but um, I'm sure it would be very nice so I'll try both of those I'm just going to finish this existing beer no I'm not, I'm going to go straight into Little Creatures Okay, I also do want a, a bit of a review of the Blood Orange IPA that one's interesting to me yeah I'll do, I'll do both but I'll, I'll open up with the new, new the new kid in town Ooh, lovely Eagles reference it's Little Creatures, here we go uh, can to mouth and down we go don't forget to tell me what the mouthfeel is like. 
Hmm. Very sort of soft and cloudy mouthfeel. Was it, again, what's that mean? What's a cloudy mouthfeel? Yeah, it's hoppy and balanced, they say. I say... Cloudy. <laughs> very, very drinkable. But no, just not very... Not, it's not a strong flavoured beer, put it that way. Well, but get, it's, it's very nice. You go as far as say it's quaffable. It's, yes, it's quaffable. So how strong is that one? 5.2? That's a, a 5.2. And it doesn't yeah. taste of much. Well, you'll be banging the desk soon, brother. I'll be banging the desk. Well, that's the week. The, these, of course, my I've got eight punk IPAs, which is always there for me. They're 5.4. Mm. And the blood orange is 5.5. Yikes. Right, well, I'm bringing in my sponsor here. <laughs> oh, yes. Who is it? It's a blood orange related... It's Blood Orange San Pellegrino. Blood Orange San Pellegrino. It's a soft drink. Yes, it is. But normally I you have... You have to drink an awful lot of that to get drunk. Well, you have to wait for the orange to ferment. Normally, mm-hmm. uh, what me and the house ambassador do is, if we go away, we, have, we start the party by having a couple of uh, vodkas and Blood Orange San Pellegrinos. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thrilled to announce this uh, endorsement from San Pellegrino. This partnership. Yeah, and I say that they, uh, I'm endorsing them. They're endorsing this podcast, which is great. It's a mutual endorsement program. Mm. It's very much a mutual endorsement program. And the way it works for us, the way this particular deal works is when we want some, you know, it's very much the same in the pubs or Tesco's. It's, it's a case of uh, exchanging currency for product. It's, that's how it works. Yeah, that's, that's, how, how it works. that's how sponsorship I was works. contacted by little creatures through through Waitrose. Mm. Yeah, and so you went, did they, Did you have to go down there? Oh, I went and picked it up myself, yeah. Went and collected it. Yeah, and, and paid for it, I'll, I'll wager. Yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, good sponsors this week. Definitely San Pellegrino Blood, yes. blood Orange little is Little creatures, San Pellegrino and Beaver Town Bloody Hell Blood Orange. Lovely. And, so uh, when I drink that in, in a few minutes, I'll, I'll let you know what it tastes like. Okay, cool. Sexy Mexican Maid we're moving on to. And this is... I'm going yes. to make this point now. So, A, it can, uh, it can percolate in the listener's mind. And B, I don't forget. This okay. is one of the songs that is a live performance. Now, in all of the live... I can only see one defining feature for all of these tracks that are, that are on this video. Uh, the live version is replaced by the recorded version. Mm. That is that during that era, Tree, Keith Barry, was playing a lot, was contributing heavily to those live versions of the songs. For example, we've listened to Stone Cold Bush live, Good Time Boys live. There's no horn, you know, it's not a big horn part there if you hear any horns at all, which I don't think you do. Mm. Certainly on the live version of Sexy Mexican Made, on the live version from the time of Knock Me Down and the other one I think is Subway to Venus that's a, a recorded mm. version here. During that period on that tour, he was playing, he, all those songs were covered in saxophone. So, is it something to do with, with rights? Is it something to do with having to pay more money if you're going to have those? What is it? Because that's a, that's a truth. That during the time, those songs, and you can see on Sexy Mexican Made, you can see Tree playing, coming in and playing saxophone. Mm. 
but not they don't use the live version. What's it all about? God only knows. Hmm. God only knows. Yeah, but that's definitely that's a through line. That's that's um that's a common denominator of of, of it's, those it's, songs. It's a line of inquiry. Hmm. Well, I've inquired. What have you come up with? Well, no answers from anyone. Nothing. <laughs> Utter absolute zero. Well, that's a bad inquiry. Bad inquiry. But yeah, I mean, it's not live. It's not as good. Yes, of course, you get to see the band doing their thing and the Swan consistently trying to pick that poor woman up. Oh God, that's that's um, difficult to watch. We know how that ends. We know how that ends. Broken neck if she falls off. It's tricksy, isn't it? You shouldn't pick people up like that. But it was 1989. You it, I mean, it, this, of course, was the late 80s, so was. things were different back then. I mean, it was the very, very, very late 80s. It, it was. It couldn't yeah. have got much yeah. later before it ticked over. Picking people up in the 80s was fine. Mm. In the 90s, it's a no-go. Absolutely. So now, you're not, you're, now you can't even talk about picking people up. Well, no, which is why we shouldn't delve too deep into it. He had that gig to pick someone up. Then he had the next day when they were supporting the B-52s, he could have picked people up. Then that's that. That yeah. is that. Yeah, yeah. After that, it was it was really something that uh, you shouldn't be doing. And if you do do it, do it in private. Do do. So, here's what we're looking at. Here is the remix. It's a remixed version. What they've taken out here, and most of the remixes this happens, is the right ear of the album version. Mm. Uh, so John, on the album, is playing not only the rhythm part in the left ear but also playing more of a lead line over the top. And that is stripped out of this. And that's what happens in all of these versions on the remixes. You lose guitar parts. So it sounds more like there's one guitar playing. And so I wonder yeah. whether they, those, the purpose of the remixes was to make it, I mean, was to make it sound more like a live version. Because they also add, yes, I think they add, yes, they add a lot of arena boom to it. There's, it's not the yeah. album version. It's made to sound like a bigger... It's made to sound bigger. I think they bring the drums up a bit. They, do, they yeah. push the vocals. You know, they, 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 without, there's, no, there's no doubt in my mind that, that what they do here is they try and make it sound as live as possible. Yeah, and you could... While using something that... Looks completely fake, yeah. And yeah. you could get away with it if you, had, if you weren't showing it to footage, which is clearly not what they're... Perform. It's not. It's not live footage. Yeah, I, I, I mean, even then, I don't think you'd get away with it. But I think they do a decent. I think they do a decent job of matching the live sound from Good Time Boys that we just listened to to making the recorder version of Sexy Mexican Maid sound like a live version. Because they they are ta- yeah, they are taking not... stuff out. They are mm. they are putting other stuff in. Yeah, yeah, but that's in my mind that's fraud. Mm. It's a criminal offence. And they've listed the names of the people who did the remixes, and I am going to be contacting the place. <laughs> Good. It's about time they paid for what they've done. Yes. Ret- some retrospective prosecutions, I think you'll agree, are in order. They are. I'll, I'll, I'll appear. I'll appear in the dock as a witness. Malad, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will say, we've done the background research. Absolutely, we have. Or, or at least you have. I made some inquiries, got no so, answers, Malad. Well, and we can clarify all this when. When Chad comes up. Absolutely, and John on episode 80. So it will be interesting to, to, to get a bit more detail about that from the horse's mouth. Don't call John a horse. No, I, I take that back, John. I'm sorry, you're not a horse. You're genuinely, certainly more attractive than a horse. 
I don't know, mate. I've seen some pretty good-looking horses, especially recently. Well, we live in the New Forest. <laughs> we live in the New Forest. I won't tell you what I've been up to. No, well, well, <laughs> Which end of the horse did you say? <laughs> I've been searching out particularly attractive horses. <laughs> Se- There's a lockdown. Times I have. Sexyhorses.com. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. I just, I just go out. No, no, nor do I. We, I just happen to have seen a lot more horses... In the last year than I otherwise normally do. Well, we did the leap loop. We went for a big long walk yesterday, didn't we? And we saw, yeah. we saw some really beautiful horses. Sounds like you're on some kind of uh, searching for sexy horses. You're on the prowl. Yeah. All right, well, I was out in the pool, mate. A lot of kissing and licking here. Um, at 14.23, I've put swan kiss slash licks John. Mm. Um well, I think that's that, that's better than assaulting him with a with a with a, with stick. a stick. Yeah, I think you're right. That's uh, rather be assaulted with a tongue than a stick. Yeah, I think kissing someone is fine, and the stick thing was was no problem. But it just seemed to put John off a bit. That was all. Here's a good view of Chad's kick drum skin as well. Lovely design. Yeah, lovely design. Uh, later on, uh, well, I love the design on the stage as well. The big, uh, the big Red Chili Peppers logo on the stage is yeah, really it's, nice. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? it visually, uh, Pete brought up actually the colours of the lighting as well. I think visually, this whole thing is stunning. Well, I think stunning is 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 a strong word. <laughs> it is strong, but I'm sticking with it. Where, where, where do you he draw, absolutely loves this it. This is stunning. Where do you draw the line? I think I think it, I think some of the colours are, are decent. I think there's a great logo on the floor, but I wasn't stunned by it. Wouldn't you say the logo looks stunning? <laughs> I know. I think it looks very very good. That's a good question. In order to um, say something stunning, do you have to yeah. be stunned? You, you have to be stunned by it. <laughs> I think you do. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that yeah, makes sense. You're, you're going to have to you're going to have to seriously reconsider what you find stunning. <laughs> well. Now, here's the confirmation of Flea wearing a crown that's actually a hat. Did you see it? I saw it. I saw it. Also, did you see the sections... Did, sorry, did you take it in? I took it in, yeah. Did you see the sections where Flea is playing the guitar and John's playing the bass from the stuff that was filmed presumably earlier at a soundcheck? I did also see that. That happened. No doubt about that. Uh, anything else interesting about this? Because, honestly, most of it's just them mucking about. Just them sort of dancing around to supposedly to sexy Mexican mate. Taking refuge in a shady park or getting sandy by the sea, pale ale calls for good friends and even better beer. That, Sam, was absolutely wonderful. That is the new advert for Little Creatures, I believe. It is. Can you give us that one more time? But Can you just drop it by, you know, a semitone or a couple of tones, oh, okay. a couple of I'll steps? Check. I think we'll you go a bit deeper than that. Okay. Whether you're walking, oh sorry, 
Whether you're taking refuge in a sandy park or getting sandy by the sea, pale ale calls for good friends and even better beer. Sam, can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I, yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Do you, I can go full. <laughs> okay, let's get, go full then. Whether you're taking refuge in a shady park or getting sandy by the sea, pale ale calls for good friends and even better beer. Lovely, and while we're doing it, shall we throw a question? To the wind. Well, whilst we The throw... first one was more me, or more yeah. natural. I like the middle one. I like the middle one. Okay. While we throw question to the wind, shall we talk about Magic Johnson? Love it. I mean, it's live. Yeah, yeah, live take. It's, it's a portion of Magic Johnson. Johnson? It's a, it's it's a, a por- portion of Johnson. Yes, it's a, it's a little bit of Johnson. Uh, it's great. Again, sounds great. Look at Flea. Do you see Flea doing that incredible kind of mega walk at the beginning? Yeah, it's like a, a crab. Well, I loved it. It's so... Just delving into um, another sponsor. Delving uh, into the sponsorship deal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, just great energy again. John obviously sitting down to focus on his guitar playing. Lovely to see that tricky, kind of... Tricky bit, yeah, yeah. Tricky bit, but played extremely well. And then obviously Chad just takes it away. And as you said previously, you know, the focus on that kick drum... That kick drum, I believe, is actually his tattoo that he has on one of his arms. Ah, that is a... And that's one of your beliefs. You've always said that, haven't you? It's one of my strongest beliefs. Yeah, well, I, I, I've said to you on a number of occasions, I remember quite vividly a couple of years ago, I said, Sam, can you outline to me your core beliefs? <laughs> yes, you did. And, and, and you did say, I think, Tad's... Uh, and even then, <laughs> even, then, even then, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that's one of his tats. Yeah. But you're, you're sure enough to make it one of your cool beliefs. I'm sure enough to make it a cool belief and to announce it on air to the world. <laughs> so you go. You talk about John playing. Um, the guitar tone that he the, the guitar tone he has throughout this all the live stuff here is so so good, and it's not a tone that he's I've ever kind of thought that he's got back. No, it's it's specific to a mother's milk, but even. But better here. Well, hang on. A, when you say A, you then have yeah. to follow it up with a B. Oh, I've, I've been hoist by my own petard. <laughs> Again. Yes, A. Uh, what was A? A, whatever you said before. And B. I mean, it certainly makes for good, po- <laughs> for good podcasting when you interrupt someone. <laughs> Every time they're trying to make their points. <laughs> they can't. Can't remember what they said. Yeah. I love this tone. A, that, that mother's milk tone that he had. Mm. Frant- I call it frantic and high. Okay, cool. And B, it's beefier here than on the album. And it, it's, it's not something that he got back after this. It's certainly not well, blood like sugar. It's, it's, not, it's not blood sugar. It's not the carry tone. It's not the no. um, it's not stadium tone. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's not the slightly more full-bodied because... The, the sort of the high strummy nature of his playing yeah. certainly, you know, is always there. But it's like you say. I guess if anything, it's slightly more full-bodied and beefier. Ah, it's difficult. It's so difficult to put your finger on because I sometimes think it's a little bit fizzy, and I don't even know what I mean when I say no. that. Well, that's what I mean by frantic. You know, it's it's 
possibly a, like faster, but I wouldn't even say that because you know he's well known. He's well known for this style of play. I think we're talking about two different things here. I think you're talking about his style of playing, and I'm talking about the tone of his, the sound of his guitar. Well, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So that's you, why I was saying things like you were talking about speed, and I was talking about fizziness. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drum solo from Chad. Let's talk about that a bit. Uh, I mean, I mean, let's just address the fact that this is a portion of Mike Johnson, which we've done. John's lovely lead work there sounds great. And then you focus on the myth, Chad, the myth, Smith. Two pairs of shorts, as we've, as we've discussed earlier, one on the head, one yes. on the, uh, the nethers. What? And what a yes. sound. What a beefy, beefy sound. I mean, of course, it's incredible. And we know what he's capable of. This is a showcase of that, and it's nice to see the rest of the band gathering round and appreciating it. Saluting. Yeah. Salute Saluting his, his skills. It's, it's fantastic. He's, he's brilliant, always has been. He makes some really nice noises. I'm sure Jack, that's what Jack Johnson would say. Yeah, I think we've, you know, we know that Jack agrees with a lot of what we say and how we put it out there. Chad, Chad Demith-Smith makes good noises. Good noises on the drum sets. Hmm. Um, he's using that that kind of uh, that that style of rack instead of having the toms mounted on top of other drums. He's using the uh, like the metal rack, the square rack. No, the external rack system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is neither here nor there. Well, I don't know whether that's a structural thing. You know, he hits them hard. Whether he needs that extra support. Well, yeah, but then he didn't use it later on. You wouldn't want to hit a drum off its stand. Uh, other drum? <laughs> no, you yeah. wouldn't, no. I once played with a, a drummer who completely utilised a rack and had one that actually went over his head, like mm. scaffolding. Um, obviously, the bass drum wasn't attached to that scaffolding, but every other drum, including the snare and cymbals, were attached to some kind of scaffolding. Interesting <laughs> stuff, I'm sure you'll agree. What did he do for a living? He was a scaffold. <laughs> Coming out there, a pretty little ditty. From Psychedelic Sex Punk, Live from Heaven. Great. Is that another sponsor roaring into life? <laughs> it is. Oh, is it the Blood Orange? It's the Blood Orange. Uh, let's, before we talk about Pretty Little Ditty, let's get the taste, the flavour, the mouthfeel, general ambiance of this one. Hmm. Well, this is not as Blood Orangey as I'd hoped. It's a very subtle flavour that passes extremely quickly. I was I was wondering about that because I couldn't imagine they'd make an IPA taste too blood orangey. It's not blood orangey enough for my taste. It's, it's nice enough, but uh, not that, not that blood orangey. On a scale of one to two hundred and sixty-six, yes. How blood orangey were you hoping it would be, and how blood orangey actually is it? I was looking for something over two hundred and thirty-eight. Wait, well that's were you? Cause that's too. That would say so that's too blood orangey for for an IPA. Mm. Yeah, but I, 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 the reason I bought it was because I wanted it to be blood orangey. 
Okay, so you're looking for a high content of blood orange, and what do you get out of 266? Oh, it's extremely low. It's 15. 15 out of 266? <laughs> 15 yeah. would be low out of 100. It's low. It's low, mate. Oh, well, that's the last time that we'll, uh, we'll take their paid, fictional money. I paid £2.10 for that. Oh, you're, you're, the amount of money you pay for fancy cans is outrageous. Well, fancy, no, because I've. Uh, fancy I did it, small cans. I did it for the podcast. Well, it's, it's good, good. It's nice to see you contribute. Hey, it's nice. Like I said, it's nice enough, but come on, mate. Put some blood orange in your blood orange. Yeah, or don't advertise it as blood orange. Or just call it whatever, yeah, call it lupaloid or whatever the other ones are. I'll still buy I've ne- it. I've never. Heard. Is lupaloid a word? Yeah, lupaloid is one of their beers. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, it's, yeah it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just, or sell it with an. With, um, you know, you could um, shrink wrap an actual blood orange to it so that you could yeah. add your own blood orange. Add, to your... add as much as you like, yeah. Yeah, as much or as little. Okay, so who's, anyway, what, what company made down. that beer? No, That's Beavertown. It's the Beavertown blo- Bloody Ale Blood Orange. I wouldn't recommend it. I'd go as far as to not recommend that. Okay, thanks Beavertown for trying, but you're out. You're out. Now, on Pretty Little Ditty, Sam, I know it's a little, a, a nice, um, a, a pretty little feature. At 18.58 on uh, this video we're watching, it pans past uh, Chad's kick again. And inside his porthole, mm. you know, the, the hole in his front kick skin, behind that, at what, looks to, what looks to be the size to match it, if you were looking directly straight on, is the classic Chili's logo, on the inside of the back kickskin. Clever. Really clever. Really clever. That's one of the cleverest things anyone's ever done. I'm surprised people don't do it more often. Maybe they do. Oh, it's so niche, because who's ever going to see it? Well, it's not that niche. Oh, no, believe me, it's niche. You're, if you're in an internationally recognised band, a lot of people are going to see your drum kit at the very least, and some a percentage of those people might look straight down the hole. I suppose, but... Even if you're on a bit of an angle, as you were here, you can't see it properly. So, I mean, it's not, ne- it's not completely necessary, is it? Why don't you just put the logo on the front kickskin? The show. Oh, because he wanted to put his tattoo on there. That's true. That's true. That your core belief. He wanted to get your core belief. <laughs> he, wanted to, he wanted to support one of my core beliefs. <laughs> and I thank him for that. One of your three core beliefs. Yeah. Uh, some lovely work. I, I, this is just a beautiful live performance. Yes. John starts it off a bit funny. He doesn't start it off in the classic place. He puts a couple of, like, uh, he front, front ends it with a, yeah. like for a quarter of a second, a bit of an additional strum, and then goes into it. Mm. But this is just, this is a fantastic performance of what is a, a beautiful little song. Uh, it is. Got, it, it, primarily, it is a, a beautiful little song. I've, I've often felt I wish there was more. Yeah, so have I. So, um, um, but there isn't. But it's easy to see why they wanted to put it on the album and why they wanted to play it live because you can see that they just love playing it together. And not only that, it is a it sound you know it's a lovely little interaction between oh, the two good. of them. It sounds yeah. brilliant, and when Chad comes in, it gives it that extra boost. There's, there's levels and layers to this because they start sat down. Yeah. John does some brilliant guitar work. He's doing some quite interesting stuff. At 1907, he's bending the notes by, um, by pushing the strings behind the nut up where the tuning pegs are. Mm. 
to to change the pitch of the strings. He's doing. He pushes the string against his pickup at one point at the beginning, at, at nineteen ten. Yes. And at nineteen twenty one, there's a nice little trill as the swan moves away. Um, in other live verses, he does um, he does tapping harmonics. It, it's a nice little showpiece for a good bit of guitar playing. Yeah. But as, as you said, it built. As I said, it builds up in layers. You then the song progresses. I love the way they stand up almost in unison as they get to that next point of the songs that's going to start building. Yeah. And then Chad comes in. And as that happens, as they, as they stand up, they both go in their own unique ways. Flea's head starts to go at 1950. John's legs, John's big wobbly legs go. And he starts doing that classic from this era, John body sway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and of course... Just, and the myth sounds huge. Oh, he does. He does. Yeah, no doubt. And, and then, of course, they, they end up heads together... You know, in that in a lovely show of camaraderie, camaraderie, yeah. Um, I, I just think it's unless you unless you truly believed in it and and just felt that connection with the other musician, I think something like this could easily just have been lost and and never played again. But that connection that they they were they'd formed and had formed over over this album and, and live shows and, and songs like this meant that they wanted it to be heard. What, yeah, what I like about this kind of stuff as well is you just see the swan in the background enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, not trying to do anything. No, just, just enjoying that, the stuff that we enjoy. Here's, here's, a, here's a horn point, a tree point. You'll see that on the video you can see him playing his wind instrument. But the sound isn't there. No, so no. This, yeah. this further backs up. Well, because this is a live one, so it's so odd. this backs up your your theory. If he was actually playing at that point in that song, then yes, because if that is the case, then they've cut him out. They've taken the the, the board mix and cut him out for this before this presentation of that song. Maybe he was just miming. Yeah, I suppose he might be miming. But it, but again, something odd is happening. It's it's why this is such a confusing Something's thing to going watch. On. Yeah, Something's yeah, so going on. We're buggered if we know what it is. There's a dude there who looks like he's playing a saxophone, mm. but there's no saxophone being played. No saxophone sound. Okay, next we come up to another pre-recorded one. We can't say whether we like the song or not. Of course, we come up to "Knock Me Down." Yes, I mean, it's a song which will, of course, be reviewed in full at a later date. Mm. But it is undoubtedly the next song on this particular chessboard. down from psychedelic sex funk and this is an interesting one there's an interesting conceit to this song uh you'll see again it's what i was talking about earlier you'll see that live in that era a tree was heavily involved in kind of replicating the backing singing 
mm. on the It's So Lonely parts. Yeah. And you see him during this video, again, playing, uh, playing saxophone, but making no sound. And further to that, there is no backing singing at all on the It's So Lonely uh, when you don't even know no. yourself section. Because they, maybe they can't acknowledge that someone was doing it. You know, a, there's no female backing singer on stage, so if the remix has stripped out the backing, the female that backing singers. Part of it, yeah, yeah. And it's also stripped out the what he was clearly doing on stage at the time was playing a lot of those um, those saxophone parts. So it's a, it, I think it's a great, it's a great version. Again, they've done the thing where they're they're taken. There's two guitars on the album. Oh, yeah, it's a great version, but it's not live. No, but it's not the album version either, by any means. No, think, but... You know, but what is said about this and what I thought about it before you kind of before you look at look at it in more depth is oh yeah they've just chucked the album versions on. They haven't. They have gone to some some length to take the original masters and remix mm. them for the purpose of presenting them as something believable as a live performance on, on this yes. uh, on this video. But as as I said before, I, I I think that it shows a level of dishonesty that I'm not comfortable with. Hmm. Uh, well, you called it. You called it fraudulent earlier. Hmm. Yeah. Well, do you, still, do you still want me to take those people to court? I stand by it, and uh, whether charges are pressed in the future or not, hmm. I, I still think that some explanations are owed. Here's another theory that I'm uh, that I've just come up with. Okay. Oh, you said you would. Yeah, <laughs> and I have. I mean, it. it What's the other song that's pre-recorded? Subway to Venus? Subway, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll present my theory after that again, once I've had another Why do you present it now so that we can think about it? Okay. So the two songs that have been pre-recorded so far are Mm. Sexy Mexican Maid Mm. and Knock Me Down. First couple of desktops. He's in. Both of which are a bit more singy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Is it conceivable... That one of the band members, or or for some reason, they weren't happy with the footage they had of these two songs, and did it for that reason. Yes, that is also conceivable because Subway to Venus is actually the chorus is quite a singy chorus. Yeah, it's quite singy. Yeah, and actually on the album, I don't think it's delivered. The chorus is delivered brilliantly. Okay, uh, so that's my theory. Yeah, it's a, it's a reasonable theory. Having looked back. Because I did, I also considered that theory earlier on. Having looked back at other live performances from the era, mm. I think the Swan actually does the Subway to Vienna stuff pretty pretty well. So unless he yeah. was having a particularly off night, I don't think there's any reason to change Subway to Venus for that reason. Knock me down is going to be is the tougher one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sexy and Mexican sexy made, Mexican. Uh, I don't I don't think it's that. It's that is necessarily that difficult. It's quite exposed though for the vocalist. Oh, actually, yeah. When you do look back by, on those, by the when, vocalist, yeah. When you do look back on it, the last the last line of the chorus, he does struggle on live. Yeah. yeah. During, so I don't know. That's on. just another theory that I've been working on, and you know, it's, so it's been percolating, hasn't it, during the whole podcast? Well, I said I would, and I have. I'm a man of my word. Anyway, what do you think about "Knock Me Down"? We can't, of course, discuss the quality of the song overall. We can only discuss this particular performance. For me, it's level two. Yeah. 
And the, are you wondering whether level one or level three is the best? Uh, well, level one is clearly the best. In, no, in, in level head, one is the worst. No, no, no. In your head, you would never say level one is the worst. Well, level three, the higher you get, the better it is. Well, who wins the gold in the Olympics? The person who comes third or the person who comes first? Okay, so level one is the best. <laughs> I could, I, when you said what you said, it did make sense. But then I thought, you know, I, I gave you my meddler analogy and you, you immediately switched. <laughs> I've switched. What I mean is I always consider this to be a tier two song. Yes, I understand. <laughs> I understand, because in the, in the three... Wherever you go in the three-tier analogy or three-level analogy, you yeah. know, you know two, two, two is in the middle. Two, two is, is, is either going to be... Yeah, it's, it's never going to be the best. No, it's the constant. It's the only constant in that analogy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm extremely confused now, but we've got that constant, thank God. Thank God That's, I didn't say it was a level three or a level one, otherwise we really would have been in trouble. Well, level two is the fulcrum around which level one and level three revolve. Yeah, exactly. So there are better songs, there are worse songs. Yes. But and and it, remember, this is you know this is a single, but it's not it's not one of my favourite songs on the album. But it, but <sighs> it does a, have it does have some good qualities. It, it's by far. I mean, and again, we won't talk in album context too much. But it's, no. it's very mainstream to the point where you yeah. have a, a key change before it goes into the outro. It, it, yeah, it's a it's it's a tier, it's a tier two song, but I enjoy his performance of it. And by performance, mm. I mean I quite like the mix. It loses that second yeah. guitar. I like seeing you know the boys jump around to some of what is them playing this song live and some of what is them playing another song live. Yeah, exactly. I I enjoy it because it's a it's a good song, but we can't say too much. No, for no, it, can we, we because... can't. We can't. At, at twenty four fifty two. No, sorry, at 25.03, you finally get a good view of the second backing singer from the front. Don't you just... Well, and you see the woman. Well, there is no woman. Well, someone's there. There's three people there. No, there's only two. Fine. I stand corrected. Said the man in the orthopaedic shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's Rob Allen, a.k.a. Rob Rob Rule, a.k.a. um, Rob Run, okay, Spider. I thought I saw a third person there, but um, I'm, I'm pretty it, sure there's not. Uh, yeah, it's know, likely right, that you're right and I'm wrong. Right, and if there is, what what colour do you think Flea's hair is? It's green. Yeah, I thought it was green. There's a very specific shot during Knock Me Down where it looks um, very blue, but we'll have to go for green then. Yeah, bluey green. They're very similar. I love, love, love uh, Frusciante's hair here. Yeah, it's uh, it's ballsy and it looks great. Well, the thing is, I was thinking about this when they were playing uh, uh, PLD. He's imagine being nineteen years. He's never had to conform. You know, conforming is no bad thing, but he has been able to express himself in which whatever way he sees fit. Yeah, for 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 all of his adult life, basically. Yeah, yeah. And whilst, which is which is lovely, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, it must be absolutely bloody amazing. Let's move on to P O Y P. Yes, I do mean party on your phone.
coming out there of uh, party on your pussy or, or, or poip, as I now call it. Mm, poip. Yeah. What a great, what a great performance. What it's a, a great version. It's a of great that. performance of a song. Yes, it is. You, you sound, well, obviously we can't review the song, but um, you don't sound super keen on it. I'm not super keen on it as a song, but I think it's a great performance and it's, it showcases, bearing in mind, obviously, this song was not written by this particular quartet. I think it, it shows where they were in terms of their live, you know, abilities and their, as a band, as a quartet, they perform it fantastically well. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds really, really good. Uh, some great work. From, well, John, I think great work from everyone, actually. I do just want to say something I didn't say about the last song, if I may, Sam. Christ. Yeah. After the jam before Knock Me Down, Chad points his drumstick at Flea as if to say, cool bass work, bro. Oh, motherfucker, nice work. Mm, I've gone back and I've, I've clarified that. So okay. at the start of this, we get, um, they they set some, well, they do what the Chili's have, have have uh, done for many a year, which is intro a song with a different song. Mm. And mm. we see here, I mean, there's some great examples of it with Give It Away, uh, with Scar Tissue, when they had Snoop Dogg come out and do um, the intro to Scar Tissue on one of those performances, which sounded great. Yes, right on time they've done over the years. London Calling, of course, yeah. yeah. This is Boys in the Hood, an easy E song. Uh, from, I think it's, it, yes, I'm I'm sure now it's an easy song, so I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy song from 1987, uh, from March, and then it was reissued on uh, an album called NWA and the Posse in 1987. I'm sure you've heard of NWA. I certainly have. I've heard yeah. of Easy E. Wowzers, look at your depth, your depth and breadth of knowledge. It's, I used uh... to do, I, me and my friend at school at Nosewood were in the first year, used to rap some Easy e would you believe? I, I, I wouldn't believe that. No, it's insane to believe, but it is true. I don't think I've ever heard you rap. Of course you've heard me rap. Oh, I have, yeah. You've heard me deliver the entirety of Ice Ice Baby. No, that's true, but... Yeah, no, that's true. No, I'll, fuck it, I'll rap you some Easy e right now. Go on, then. Well, I'm Easy e I got bitches good lie, you might have a lot of bitches, but I got a lot more. Alright, yeah, no, that's... You're right, I have heard you rap before. Hmm. Um, and it sounds very much like that. That's your style of delivery. Yeah, it is. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm less freestyle. I like to know what I'm going to say. Oh, God, I mean, the thing is with freestyle rapping is it's a skill and it's a, a honed skill. You can't you just to, do it. Well, you've got to really rhyme at the end of each line. It's really tricky. But I just I did it, it then. you got to really rhyme at the end of each line. And it's really tricky. And, uh, and, like, and it can and be feel, sticky. Yeah, it can be sticky. You're right. Freestyle rapping can get sticky. Yeah, then how the hell do you get out of that e? You know, it can be sticky, but it can be tricky. Could Man. be flicky. Yeah. My candle's got a wiki. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you move on? How'd you get out of that that particular? Well, he just you know, stopped dead. You, then you go on to another. Stop dead and moving. I'm going downstairs because I need another beer. Mm. When I get back, I'll be sat right here. Really good. That. 
Uh, I, I'd keep it in couplets. Often I keep it in couplets. So I might say, well, I'm going downstairs to pick up a beer. When you get back, you got to hear what I say. So you hear. Oh, that's, yeah, not as good as what I did. No, no, I, I realised that I wasn't going to actually rhyme it properly. The metre was, the metre was wrong. <laughs> the metre was well. Okay, well, I've got anyway, one. Anyway, like no. I said, I need another drink. When I get back, I wash my hands at the sink. Terrible metre. What about this? <laughs> okay. I like to hear the chilies because I like to hear them rock. I like to see them wear them a cock on their sock or a sock on their cock. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it, it rhymed. It rhymed. That's a I, I, I confused. Um, I got cock and sock backwards to start off with. Yeah, and then, and then of course you, you've blown it. You yeah. should have just. You should have just let it lie. Shall I do one more? I, I mean, I haven't thought about it at all. Go for it. I'm sat in my chair. I'm not a bear, and I'm certainly not a motherfucking pear. Oh yes, <laughs> this is this is freestyle rap at its best. Two, two middle-aged men, freestyle rapping. Brilliant. Uh, did you see how aggressive I got with my chair? I did. I knew, that's how I knew you really believed in what you were saying, because you started yeah. not only banging the desk, but the but chair The great well. thing is, there's so much that rhymes with bear. I know, pear, stare, wear, fair. Bear. I've uh, got no hair. I'm not a bear. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just linking everything back to the fact that you're neither a bear or a pear. <laughs> That's his style. That's his style, people. It's true. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, this guy will speak truth to power. He will tell him he's neither a bear nor a pear repeatedly. <laughs> Is that what you do when you go a few one-to-ones at work? Sam, have yeah. you got anything else to say? I'm, neither, I'm not a pair. I'm, I'm not, not a pair. I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm not a pair. I'm not a pair. <laughs> and when I leave, I'm going down the stairs. Yeah, stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Difficult to pluralise them. Brilliant. I love rapping. If you want to make that work, you should have said... My brother and I, we're not pairs. My brother and I, we're not pairs. <laughs> <laughs> and when I leave, I'm going down the stairs. Yeah, so will he. <laughs> then now you've got yourself off on a different rhyme Then structure. we're in, yeah. Hmm. He's not a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a tree. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> 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 anyway, I need to go get a beer. Right. I'm, I'm not a spear. <laughs> you know. Go down the stair. You're not a pair. <laughs> All right, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> a short interlude where Sam um, forgets we're actually in the middle of talking about a song and goes to get a beer. We'll be right back. Just to wind up the poip chat, uh, there's some great, great swan moves in this tune. I've got timestamps for this, which I'm confident on. Good. 2859, the big mic stand leap. That classic, classic swan move. 
2904, a very quick Charlie Chaplin style walk, which is super quick in the edit. So unless you're expecting it, you might miss it. Mm. And at 2906, he does that classic swan front up. He fronts up, hand behind back, on the stand. I love it. I love the imagery of this man. He makes a great silhouette sometimes. You know, you say you recognise people by the silhouette. You recognise the silhouette of Batman. You recognise the silhouette of Bart Simpson. You recognise the silhouette of the swan in this era. Just through pure silhouette. Pure shapes. (laughs) Just just the shape he makes when backlit. I mean, Bart Simpson, he just... It's shaped in such a way that his silhouette is recognisable. All the Simpsons are. That was part of Matt Groening's idea when developing the character designs, was mm. I will do them in such a way that if you just see the silhouette, uh, you'll recognise them. And so it makes them indelible once you've seen them. You don't forget what those characters look like. Very clever. Very, very clever. Very clever man. Very clever man. I don't trust him. The thing is, we're, you know, we're big fans of the band. We recognise all their silhouettes and... This picture that you did of John in, is an inverse silhouette. Yes, it's uh, the background is black and the, the frontage is white. I've put that on Instagram. So if you want to see that picture that I did for Sam, go to my Instagram. We'll link that later. And, uh, yeah, I did him a painting for one of his birthdays. It's Calif- Californication Tour era, John, when he, shaved his head, when he had the mohawk, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Great yes, stuff, it's it? a wonderful, wonderful painting. And, of course, you've got Eddie Vedder behind you as well, that I did for Anna, which I haven't put on the, uh, the Instagram because it's a Pearl Jam picture. Yeah, but it's equally good. I think the John Fashante is better because I've developed the technique, but, yeah. I know, but just artistically, it's equally good. Yeah. Technique-wise, it's poor. But... Yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking. Okay, so anything about Boyp? Love it. Great performance. Just, you know, again, this is a great... And and lesser known live era for the band, but it's so good, yeah. so good. And yeah, they've taken the song here and given it a, a new lease of life, as far as I'm concerned. One of the things about this presentation of this material is that when I used to watch your VHS, I wasn't that keen on it because it is because of the way it's presented with the mixture of of live stuff cut together with pre-recorded stuff from different performances of them looking like they're performing live, but it's, but it's clearly not the song. So you, you can't mm. trust the thing. I had a lack of trust for Psychedelic Sex Funk Live from Heaven. I think I've overcome that tonight. Yeah, well, that's good. And because there, there is some good stuff here. There, yeah, there certainly is. Like you say, there is, there is some shocking, shocking stuff. I'll go as far as to describe it as a curate's egg. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'd probably fully agree with you. Hmm, I thought you would. Okay, well, let's move on to the uh, the last song and the and the uh, which seeks or segues into the credits. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I mean, like you say, you just can't help it, can you? Pete used the word segue in his thread earlier, and he read it as um, seek. Well, I, I, I obviously I, I knew what it was, but it still made me chuckle. Mm. We always chuckle about that particular word, don't we? Yeah, it seeks lovely, seeks nicely into whatever it seeks into. Oh, 
coming it out. Turns out it was actually Subway to Venus. Yes, yes. Uh, I turned two pages over by accident. So, <laughs> you know, hey ho. These hey, happen. Ho. Coming out there of uh, Subway to Venus, aka Nevermind. A wonderful version of Subway to Venus. Uh, less a great version of Nevermind. Another recorded version. Another another remix. The right ear is gone on the guitars, and certainly live during the era, like I've said earlier, Tree was playing a lot of of uh, woodwind. Because I think here he's playing, not necessarily playing a saxophone. Sometimes it looks no. a bit like a clarinet. Could have been a clarinet. That's what I was thinking. Equally, the backing vocals are lost as well. Yeah. So again, it's another remix of so. You're not just seeing the slapped on album version, as I thought it was for years. You're seeing Something a, else. a simulation of a live performance, but once yeah. again, cutting out the live horns that were there. The live element. Well, not the live element completely. Well, yes. Absolutely. Completely cutting out the live element. But cutting out the live horns, specifically. And again, certainly, as it. you said, no. the live element. <laughs> Subway to Venus is a great song. Yeah, I mean, we can't discuss it too far, but that was brilliant. Yeah, I absolutely loved it, yeah. And, um... Can't wait to talk about Mother's Milk. <laughs> well, the thing, uh, the thing that struck me with that is that so, like, Subway to Venus, it's not even a song... You know, if you if you said to me, right, you can put on 25 chilli songs, maybe 50 chilli songs. Wow. No, I think 50's pushing it too far. Not to okay. Subway to Venus. Right, a certain number, anyway. F- 49. It'll be a certain number before I put Subway to Venus on. And but it, but it's that, a fucking tune. No. This, this era here is, is so important because it's, it's in between like being a, one of the biggest bands in the world, a mega band, yeah. and being what they were before, you know, which was a much smaller band. Hmm. They, they are in between here. So you get that, you still get that raw energy that is, was, is so important and yeah. so prevalent in their early albums and their early live performances. Um, but you also get some of the quality that came later, you know, and some of the things that they took on to, to later albums and later live performances. These boys here, it, it's fant- it really is brilliant. They yeah. are, I think, this, this could be considered a, a, a true golden era because of just where they stood in, in their career. We didn't know it at the time, of course. But looking back at it, there's so much to admire here and so much to enjoy. I, I love it. I, I'm loving this. Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I remember ever enjoying it in the past. This is really, Mother's Milk was the transitional album. Yeah. Which took them from... Well, literally, took from from where they were previously to where they went. <laughs> but um, but it really was for for then. In the in the case of you know, in the scheme of things, it was the album that transitioned them into into megastar and going on to Blood Sugar because, and beyond. Yeah, they weren't a band like, for example, we you know we always use our our bog standard stock bands, but they weren't the Guns and Roses who hit the ground running and and just overnight success. They weren't an extreme, or an REM. No. 
anymore. Well, if, that, if, that's it, no. <laughs> if they'd produced another mother's milk, then they could have been an extreme. That's the interesting thing. Yeah, but blood sugar was a, it was also not like much else that was coming out at that time when he had the rise of, of grunge. No, blood sugar wasn't, but mother's milk, it wasn't exactly like 80s metal or anything no like but, that, it's but it, was... it certainly had more of a feel of the 80s and moving into the 90s when yeah, yeah. you're right sounds changed you moved away from that kind of hair that metal or hair metal style of of rock into a more stripped back feel and actually Blood yeah, Sugar, whilst not being and... yeah whilst not being a grunge album was a more raw sounding album and it and it did fit into yeah yeah you're right mate yes Yes, that's, I'll, I'll, hang on, I'm just going to jot that down. Get in there. I've got, Episode I've got, 48. Yeah, I've got a column here, I've got a tally of how many times I've been right and how yeah. many times you've been right. Well done, that's your second one. Yes, well, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled, always thrilled. Well, I was I, thrilled last time and I'm thrilled now. Having not watched this for some time and then knowing we were going to do it, it has been a pleasure to, to watch the guys at that time and, and see them, you know, doing what they were doing then knowing where it took them and where they were to go it's a it's a real pleasure it really is I, I've, I've loved it i've loved it put aside the the bullshit album versions being on a live performance and all that kind of stuff it's still, nice to see them yeah. doing their thing you're still seeing them do their thing yeah in that no, era. No, no matter what sounds it's matched to aren't you and it's yeah and, yeah. and, and visually it's a treat Okay, cool. Let's just talk quickly about Flea's... He talks about it all, all the way through. But he's developed what I believe is a hole in his thumb from the way he used to play slap and pop so hard. Mm. And he, he fills up the superglue. So, anyway, he says he does. We don't I see be- the evidence of it. I, I believe him. I believe him. I, I'm not sure. Well, I think if he, does, if he has got a hole and if he is filling up the superglue, my, my core belief, this is one of my core beliefs... Yeah. Is that it's when you play slap and pop, you're slapping your thumb against the bass strings. Hmm. Well, they're all bass strings on a bass. Yeah, what else are you going to slap it against? Yeah, what, what other strings are you going to slap it on? But they're hard, aren't they? And they're hard and thick. Yes, they're hard and they're thick and they're wound as well. And they're heavy. Heavy, thick, hard, wound. <laughs> yeah. Heavy, thick, hard, wound. Yeah, everything else. That's no, the, that's, no that, that's the four core beliefs of a bass string. And what he's done it is been slapping so much that he's worn away that part of his thumb, which is where you, you know, um, what am I describing there? The inside, like the joint. I mean, I'm the not a bass player. The joint, yeah, the bridge yeah. of the joint. But the inside of your thumb, I think that's where he's got his hole. Yeah, if but he says he did get a hole. Because that's I right say, on the we, bone. Yeah, exactly. We didn't see the hole and we didn't see him filling it with glue, so... Hmm. I'm in the middle of June in the summer of 59 I was young and cool, we shot a bad game of poo And I hustled all the chumps like a fine Now they call me the swan Cause I weighed my magic wand and I loved all the women to death I partied hard, packed a mean rod And I knocked you out with a right or left Never mind. A good outro song. A, a good uh, closer there, I think. 
An exceptional closer. If you weren't sure who you were watching, you are sure now. Yeah, and it, obviously it's not to be confused with Nevermind by Nirvana. Well, exactly. Or the, what the well the album. Yeah. But I've I've never I've never done that. I know, nor have I. But for those who are new to this kind of thing, the shindig. It could happen because, of course, it is exactly the same words. It really is. Great song from, um, sorry, great guitar sound from John. It's quite album specific. Really great guitar sound. For yes, whole song. of course, by that you're talking about sound and not necessarily speed the of playing. speed that he's playing. <laughs> 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 great body circles at 3557 from John. He does that classic for Shante Big Body Circle. Yeah, I mean, that guy, he, could, he had the hips of a, of a 19 year old nimble. Oh, he certainly did. The hips of a lithe 19-year-old boy. Or oh, yeah. adult. Yes, young adult. Hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. He was an old boy. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> young, oh, Christ. He, he was adult. a very old child. <laughs> <laughs> I, myself, am a, am a very, very, very old child. Oh, God, you are. Yes, and you're a middle-aged adult. <laughs> yes, and soon I'll be a young old man. <laughs> yeah, that's the next time you're going to be young. Yeah, <laughs> when, when you're elderly. When I finally get to be elderly, I'll finally be young again. <laughs> okay, so we see a couple of repeated shots here. We see the swan badgering John with his walking stick again. As, I it, know, closes, I, as it closes to the credits, they choose to use about that. Seeing it once was bad enough, but seeing it twice is just like, ah, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight, I don't think. What I did like to see, though, is that. You know, having done this podcast for some time, when we first came out, people came to us and said, why'd you call him the Swan? Here, yeah. he's he's gone on record as being called Anthony Swan Kiedis. And he references the fact that he's called the Swan in the opening rap. Yeah. It's classic Swan, it's classic that Swan, it's classic that song. Oh, you're rapping again. Christ, I've gone again. I like Flea's small step run that he does. And Flea also plays a very small hat or something like a very small drum mm. that's an odd choice for a bit for the big outro to have flea crouched on the floor slowly hitting an object with a with a drumstick okay i'll stop recording and we'll go into social all right then brother into the socials if you want to contact us as Ollie Price did, uh, then whiz over to bentanzomusic at hotmail.com. I say whiz over, it's an email address. You don't need to whiz over to it, you just type it into your... You know what to do. Uh, if you want to go to see where everything is hosted, go to bentanzomusic.net. And as we said earlier, uh, we, uh, we do love getting emails. And Sam, would you care to? I am at Stack Townsend on Twitter. And on Reddit, I am something. I mean, I don't know what it is. Okay, on Reddit, you are Universally RHCP Oddsan, the classic. That's right, that's the one. Okay, okay so uh, I am at Universally RHCP on Twitter. Uh, Unispeak hyphen RHCP podcast is me on Reddit. If you'd like to hook up with me on Insta, that's Instagram for you older folk. It's universally speaking RHCP underscore pod. Mate, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Christ, is I that thought... what they call it? Hooking up with someone? 
Well, no, they don't know. It's just me well, using my uh, using my nineteen uh, eighties lingo, which actually I should have stopped using on the thirty first of December nineteen eighty nine. And I've oh, Chris, your lingo is as old as this gig. <laughs> yes, it is. I was using lingo like that when I was thirteen. Actually, yeah, this to, is. I was born in Grow up. Yeah, I do. Yeah, well, I have. <laughs> in so many ways. This was the year that I first watched Aliens then. So I first saw Aliens on my 13th birthday, which was in... Uh, that's 1990, actually. He's aging so, himself. 77, yeah. No, sorry, that's an irrelevance. Okay, well, we, I thoroughly enjoyed that, mate. So how did you get on with it? Enjoyed it thoroughly, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I'll say this. Mate... Thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that just about sums it up. So, shall we go out on a high or a low? Or a low, shall we? Okay. Well, let's start. Uh, let's start. Um... Let's do. Let's do the outro of. Uh, or never mind. So, with red heart, low as we can. Okay. Okay. Remember, there's a delay. Okay, fine. So we'll go now. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, seven, seven. <laughs> I mean, we're going to count to three. I've got two things to say about this. Count to four is one. Two, counting won't help because there is a delay, but we'll do <laughs> yeah. our best. Okay, okay. Give, us a, give us a point. With, with the red heart. heart. Oh, with the red heart. Red heart. Chili. I got it ready. <laughs> oh, he's got it. How low are you going to go here? Pepper. <laughs> I'm, ch- I'm choking. It's the best